Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to it like Dan Red Wings. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fisher. With me today, as always, is the other host here at Locked On Red Wings, Scotty Bentley, also host at Locked On Tigers. Scott, happy Monday. Happy Monday, man. You uh, you had a heck of a, a night at LCA last night. Yeah, uh, that was interesting. I was actually about to go on my break, and I had to stop because I heard the crowd when you hear the crowd going wild at a Pistons game, something's happening because usually a pretty tame crowd of Pistons games these days. But Lakers were in town, and I look up, and Isaiah Stewart is just covered in blood. Just covered in blood. And so you watch the replay, and you find out, oh, LeBron James elbowed him in the eye, and Beef Stew is having none of it. None of it, man. He's about that life, man. He's, he's, he's about it. He's, 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 woo-wee. That was, uh... Yeah, energize the city. That's yeah, for sure. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah. I think it's funny that the like most prevalent Ohio athlete like ever did that in Detroit the week of U of M OSU. I well, thought that was kind of funny. You know what? Let's 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 talk about it a little bit because it was an exciting Detroit sports moment that happened. And I know it's Pistons, but, you know, we like to open these shows up with a little bit more back and forth, just talking about stuff. And that that was that was intense. Oh, yeah. Like it came off of a rebound. LeBron James, you know, at first blush, it looked like an accident. He elbowed him in the eye. And then you see the replays and you you can see LeBron look over and just take his elbow. And like I swung at him when I was his elbow or was it his hand that hit him as I what I'm still not clear on based on the replays. But the intent, I feel, was clear. Like he, he closed meant, fist, yeah. He closed fist, and it was his hand, and it hit he him in the eye. Closed fist, punched him in the face, and and it was looking at him while he did it. Like as as pretty much as clear cut as it gets. It's just you know, if the roles were reversed, Isaiah Stewart would be banned from the NBA for life, and LeBron would have left the court in a Paul Pierce wheelchair. But that this is it happened this way. So Stew's probably going to get suspended. LeBron should, but uh, it's Doubtful. the NBA. Yeah, it's the NBA, and it's LeBron. So well, and what was wild about that is like I, they could not calm Stewart down. They just oh no, he kept trying to sprint at LeBron and trying to fight him, and they kept like playing. Oh like, yeah, he looked like prime Jerome Bettis. He just like <laughs> cleared the entire court, bro. That's a good. That's a good. That's a he, good it, was, it was it was unreal, man. He he lowered like well, like I, I think I think he I think he. I don't know, man. Like, I based on that, like, if you was dangled, if you had like a fishing pole and could like put LeBron out in front of Isaiah. Like, I think he could rush for a hundred in an NFL game. That, I mean, that was crazy, man. Well, that was crazy. He broke free like three times and went after him, and every three times, like, he was pushing security guards down. He was pushing his teammates down to get through him. And they finally were able to get him and like drag him to the Cade locker room. Him. Cade got him, which is a key thing. Cade mm-hmm. got him. Um, they were started dragging him to the locker room and the halfway down the tunnel, all of a sudden he turns around and sprints into the tunnel. And like, you can see the hesitation. Security guards like, wait, why is he sprinting that way? And it clicked in their mind. 
Oh, he's trying to meet LeBron on the other side. LeBron just got ejected and also is in the tunnel. And so he's just right now he's written on the tunnel trying to fight LeBron James in the tunnel. And so like I think Stewart's gonna get ejected. Uh, uh, they both got ejected. Le- I think they ejected LeBron more to like protect him than anything. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's gonna, he would have had a massive target. Wild on his back. man. They play play each other again in a week, by the way. In L.A. Yeah. Oh man, that they play was in a nuts. week, bro. In a week. <laughs> that was a that was probably the best uh, Pistons basketball game I have seen in a long time. Just because pure entertainment standpoint, it was wild. Oh yeah, through the roof, baby. And like we were winning for three quarters, like you know, but then our our tank. Uh, both of our centers were gone. Oh, Linux heard, and, and Stu obviously got ejected. So then Anthony Davis just picked us apart, picked him apart. Played, yeah, I was basically playing playground basketball at that point, and, and uh, Lakers were able to win. But crazy, man. What, what a crazy, crazy game to watch. Yeah, it's a nice way to start the episode off talking about something fun because uh, now we got to talk about something that's not so fun. And the fact that the Detroit Red Wings lost in overtime to the what now three thirteen and two Arizona Coyotes? But before I got I talk about that, we got to thank you for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That's right, all platforms. This time when I say it, I mean it because the link to the Google Podcast has been fixed. I know that was an issue that taking us to the Red Sox, right? Yeah, that people would click on the link for the Red Wings and it would redirect them to the Red Sox, Lockdown Red Sox, which is a good listen. Of course, screw the Red Sox, but don't screw the hosts are good guys. Hosts you know, are good people. We don't like the Red Sox around here, especially after 2013. But, <laughs> um, but that's fixed. So now you can actually listen to us on all platforms again. Um, but yeah, the Red Wings lost 2-1 to one to the Arizona Coyotes in Glendale because they play in Glendale for some god-awful reason, maybe not much longer. Um, yeah, Scotty, I, I really... Four-game losing streak at this point. Hey, they didn't let up five goals this time, but I... We're, we're literally grasping at straws at what else to say when the team is down bad like this. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, like, uh, we, we can copy and paste, like, Larkin look good. No, but that's literally what it is. Uh, like, like, I mean, the, the you know, we we just lost 2-1 to one to the Coyotes. Like, it wasn't exactly, you know, exactly an electric game, but... Um, yeah, I mean, like Larkin looked good. The goal, his goal was good. Got us up early. Assisted by um, Raymond. Assisted by Raymond. Always fun. Um, yeah, I'm, that's that. Like that. That that like that was good. That's good. You know, we'll we'll take the captain looking decent. Uh, he, and and he looked good the whole game. I thought he got a a, a few shots off. Um. And then, yeah, like, that was that was pretty much it. And, like, the thing that's hard with these games is, you know, like, when we lose, like, 5 nothing, you'd be like, all right, like, this person looked bad. Like, this person, you know, look, looked bad. Or, like, we win big, and it's like, this person looked great. With a 2-1 to loss to a horrible team, like, no, no one's looking bad enough to be like, oh, like, this person needs to be called out for how horrible they look. But on the same side, <laughs> outside of Larkin, no one was obviously looking good either because we, we, we almost just got blanked by one of the worst teams in the league. So, like, it's tough. Yeah, N- precisely that. No one necessarily looked horrible, but none of them looked good But outside of Larkin. Again, that seems to be the story recently. Um, with the exception yeah, of the Golden Knights game, Larkin's been standout performer every single game. And even, you know, let's talk about his goal, too, because 
even that had like a, a grain of luck to it. I mean, three coyotes and one of the, I think that was probably Lucas Raymond, like collided at center ice and Raymond was able to scoop it forward. And since all three of those coyotes were right there, right, Larkin picked it up and had no one in front of him. Made a nice move, but like even that kind of felt like a lucky break in the fact that the coyotes were incompetent. And the fact that, let's talk about the fact that they lost to an incompetent team, but they did. And it was a nice goal, but even that, it was just like an air of incompetence from the Coyotes in that regard. Like, you had both defenders step up into the play into the neutral zone and leave Larkin wide open to break down the wing, get, pick up the puck, and score. Like, nice goal, but it was more Coyotes' fault than it was your, you doing anything, if I were to be honest. Right. No, exactly. And 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 even on the flip side, um, like the two goals against weren't uh, – I mean, we'll get to the overtime goal later, but I mean, it, it wasn't like there was massive breakdowns or like someone screwed up big time or the team looked horrible. Like, like we outshot them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we outshot them. Ned didn't look bad. No, he made, uh, you know, he made 20. He didn't get t- pelted in the game by any means. You know, he faced 29 right. shots, but he made 27 saves, which is a pretty good that's a 9.30 save percentage. Yeah. And 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 like the, the list goes like everybody. I mean I mean like Valena looked decent. He got some shots off, didn't result in anything. Uh I didn't think Zadina looked that bad. He got a shot or two off, play, you know, played solid. Um Bertuzzi got some shots off. Look, was fine, I guess. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it Yeah. It, like every everyone's just like fine. Like not, like <laughs> the, the, these are the these are the tough games to to like take something out of because it's a it's a bad team that you you lost to but it it wasn't a blowout and you you only had two goals against and one of them was in an extra period. Like like I no no one looked horrible. But no, obviously, no one looked very good either. Well, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, they didn't look horrible. But once you take into account who they're playing against and how bad right. they've been all season, like it immediately is like this is a bad game. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Using the yeah, eye test, they look better. Yeah. Like using the eye test, like oh yeah, they played fine against the Coyotes, and then you're like oh crap, it's the Coyotes. Like they should have blown the Coyotes. Even though the Detroit Red Wings, in all honesty, are not a playoff team, which I've said before, they're still leagues better than the Coyotes roster wise. Like up top to bottom. Like that was, and we said it during, before the weekend, this was, if there was ever a get right game, it was this one to snap your three game losing streak and finish the road trip on a happy note, winning in Glendale. And they didn't, they came out and looked just okay against a team that had two wins on the season and gave, gave them their third win on the season. It's just, that's unacceptable on many levels, but thankfully now they can finish this four game road trip and Get, they have what now? They played Saturday, so they have Sunday. They had Sunday. They have today off. They have Tuesday off. They have three whole days off before they play St. Louis at home. So you hope that they they don't have a get right game. Instead, they just get right in the three days off. Like they just right. they've played a lot of every other days and back to back since the start of the season. They, this is their first real like multiple days of rest. So it could also be in part to having just been fatigued because you got you also open the road trip up with a back to back on Monday and Tuesday. So if you, if you think about that, you do start to like understand that maybe they are tired and I don't want to give excuses, but if I'm trying to be fair, then it, you know, this is their opportunity to get some rest and come out against a good St. Louis team, but at home. 
Yeah, that's that's you you have to. <laughs> There's no, you know what I mean. Like if if you want if you want to to you know people were excited at the beginning of the year. We got off to kind of a hot start. Did better than a lot of people expected. Um, then Bert and Larkin both missed time. You're like okay, like we skid a little bit, but then they both come back and we kind of pick up where we left off and we we get a little hot again. Beat some good teams. And then now, uh, uh, you know, Sans Verana, fully healthy team, uh, and it's it's the the some of the worst hockey we we've played all season at at, at full well full strength. So I, you have to get right in, and like you said, you would hope that with three days off, with how much hockey we've been playing the last week week and a half, that uh, that this would be the time to get back on the horse because um, we, we play, what, Wednesday and then Saturday? Yeah. I mean, so we, we have we have a lot of a, a lot of off time here in this week, a lot of chance to kind of rest and, and, and get back on the horse. And if, if you want to salvage this season and make it more than just another rebuilding, kind of go for a bottom pick year, this is this – is, these next two games are, are really big uh, factors in that. And there's still more to break down regarding this game, regarding the overtime goal specifically, and just Morris Sider being on the ice after the scare heat we had. Um, and after that, we do have, there was an article that came out about Jeff Blaschel's use of advanced analytics. We want to get into that as well. But, but first, but, but first, I don't know what that means. But first, Scotty, we got to talk to you about direct TV stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got that one device that lets you catch the game live and another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to talk to you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no more need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Zetterberg got it to that Moving right in. All right, Scotty, we want to continue to break down this game, and there's one thing we definitely got to talk about, um, and that is the overtime goal. I guess the last five minutes of the third period and overtime in general, um, first leading off with the fact that the Detroit Red Wings have this tendency lately to choke away the lead. Like, they start to play not to lose rather than to win, and they end up losing (laughs) every time. Like, it happened against Columbus as well. You had a lead. I believe you had a lead. Yeah, you had that lead in Columbus and gave up three goals in the last five minutes because you just take your foot off the pedal and you start playing defensively. You just wait wait the clock out and you end up losing. Happened here again. Uh, Coyotes tied it up with six minutes left and then they scored the overtime goal. And obviously there's controversy surrounding that as well, which we can talk about. Yeah, playing not to lose sounds a lot like a football team I know. I don't know who you're referring to. Sounds a lot, a lot like a uh, like a, like a football team that played yesterday too. Number one overall pick incoming. That's all I have to say. Man, the, the Texans won. 
Like, now you can win and still get the first overall pick, man. Win a damn game. Goodness. Justin Fields is out, so. There you go. I'd love it if it was against the Bears. A Thanksgiving win, too. Yeah, that'd be sick. That'd be sick. I'm about that. I'm about that. But anyways, Red Wings. Yes. No, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, the it, it clearly did not work uh, against Arizona. But just as a whole, like, it's it's very frustrating to, as, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it is for the players too, but it's frustrating to get out to early leads and then just, like, do whatever the heck we've been doing. And, you know, like, there's been several games over the, just over the last two weeks that we have looked – you know, we've come on here and said, like, oh, we looked really good in the first, and then by the third, we looked horrible. Like, that's 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 not – it's not exactly how you want to draw it up. It's not exactly the, a, a great game plan. I mean, ideally, you'd like to just look good for all three, but you certainly don't want to – you don't want to end the game looking your worst or look, looking yeah. your, your, most, uh, your most conservative. Like, that's – that that's that's a recipe for for disaster, and, and especially with such a young team and and such a such a not great defense, right? Like we, we have so much work still to do defensively, um, and and you know Danny DeKaiser is is still getting plenty of minutes on this top defense, pair. right? So so we have Danny DeKaiser getting top pair minutes, and we are still doing like defensive like just kind of stay back in our zone hockey and that's that's not uh not ex- I, I don't know personally one of I don't, these I don't days think that's a great recipe for success you know we're gonna have another maybe we can do it talk about it tomorrow but one of these days we're gonna have to like full-on talk about the danny de kaiser situation so i feel like we've skirted around that kind of like we skirted around his Zena situation for a while and i i hate yeah. to bag on players and i do think there's a role for de kaiser on this team for at least this season but i don't think it's top pair um, I don't think it's top pair, and I, I I just don't quite understand the reasoning. He only got 18 minutes uh, on Saturday's game against the Coyotes, whereas Satter got 22 minutes. But he has been consistently on that top pair throughout the season so far, and I I understand wanting to spread out your defensive talent, but I don't understand as much as I have a spot soft spot for DDK ever since like he first joined from coming straight out of college. Like I thought that was awesome. I thought like. Just the, the whole late bloomer mentality. He was like 24 years old or something like that. Like, it was awesome. And so I have a soft spot for him, but just the reality of the situation is like that back injury messed him up. And he's been, he hasn't been the same. And we, we need to have maybe tomorrow's episode. I'm not making any promises, but with another off day ahead of us, maybe it's a good time to finally talk about the Danny DeKaiser of it all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not, not a, definitely something that, that we need to discuss uh, at length for sure. But the, uh, the final goal two only 24 seconds into overtime there was the whole controversy surrounding it whether or not phil kessel pushed nadelkovic further out of the net using a stick and i'm gonna be blunt and this might upset some red wings fans because you know there's always that segment of the fan base who any call that goes against you is automatically bad i yep. i think nadelkovic's momentum with already had him sliding in that direction i think he overplayed it on that side and that pulled him out of the net i think phil kessel did not do much with his stick at that point to push him any further out of the net. I don't think it was goalie interference. Uh, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. You asked me before we started recording, um, you know, what what my opinion of it was, and I, I, I think it was a goal. Yeah. I, I don't think 
I, I mean, I, I live, I was shocked it took him that long to review, and I, I get it, like, you know, time, it's a game winner, whatever, but uh, I, I didn't even think it was that close, really. I thought it was pretty, pretty comfortably a goal at that. Um, I, I get the argument, I, I get what they were looking for, but um, I mean, honestly, at, at no point was I like, oh yeah, this will be overturned. Like, that <laughs> was, it was pretty, pretty clearly a goal to me, and and. I mean, on top of that, just like the style of play that Ned has played with all year has been like overly aggressive. Yeah, you know, way out of the net, kind of, kind of, and it's bitten him a couple times. At times, right? Um, and so, it, you know, that on top of the fact that it just didn't, that it just looked like a goal. <laughs> on top of that, you have the the fact that Ned is such a such an aggressive goaltender, and that's his style, and it it. It really, I don't know. I, I I never had any doubt about it being a a goal. I was I was at no point was I like, oh, this is going to be overturned. That, that was that was that was a goal. Yeah, and the last thing regarding the game I wanted to touch base on was the fact that Moritz Sider played. Like nothing about his game, but the fact that he was on the ice and he skated just what two days after he took that gnarly shot off the outside of his knee and he barely could limp himself off the ice down the tunnel. Next day he was practicing. Next day after that he was on the ice. Like, what a huge sigh of relief for if you're a Detroit Red Wings fan. Yeah, big time. It was great to see. I mean, once he was practicing, you knew he was going to play. But Full speed. Uh, definitely a Yeah, def, definitely a scary moment when, when it happened, and we talked about it on the show, and, and that was kind of a, kind of a hold-your-breath uh, type of moment. But... No, it was uh, it was obviously great to see him out there, and then I'm pretty sure he he led the team in minutes. On top of that, uh, hold on, I have the box score up. I'll double check on that. He had 22:35, and yes, he did. He led the team in minutes. So God, he's clearly not an issue. Clearly not an issue, which is great to see. Like he's definitely, you know, he's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but the fact that your rookie can come in and lead the lead the way on minutes on defense and still look damn good almost every single night, just I, I feel like people talk more about Raymond because he scores more goals, but you cannot sleep on Cider. He's been so good. Absolutely. No, he, he has been good and and he's been he's he's looked pretty solid on a defense that has not I don't think the defense has been atrocious by any means this year, but uh it's it's certainly not a like top half of the league, top ten defense either. No. Um so I uh, you know, him him playing well and, and looking good and, and taking those steps that he's been taking on a defense, you know, he's sharing minutes with Danny DeKaiser. Like that <laughs> Yeah. Like you know, he's, Put him he's with Nick Luddy. Steps. You're right. He's taking steps forward with, with uh with Danny DeKaiser as his as his line mate. So I'll I'll take it. All right. Uh when we come back we're gonna talk about this article that came out about Blashill's use of analytics. Thought it was pretty interesting. Wanted to touch on that. That's how we'll wrap up the show. But first, got to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Thanksgiving is this week, Scotty. It is on Thursday. It is now or never for you guys to order some Built Bars and get them to Aunt Betty for the holidays. Please. For the love of God, I've been if it, <laughs> I have been asking you guys to do this for so long now. This is the start of November. If you don't do it, I'm going to be heartbroken. It's all of the good food and treats, plenty of them. Um, maybe you want yummy dessert, but it isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for built bars. It is the new holiday dessert, guys. You don't want you don't want cake. You don't want pie. I don't know anyone who has cake during Thanksgiving, but I'm sure there are a few people out there. 
<laughs> feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One pie, slice of pie, has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Built Bars are only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, with a crap ton of protein. You're going to replace those pies with a Built Bar of the same flavor. You know you're going to. You're going to love it. They got low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. I'm telling you, one more time, bring Built Bars to Thanksgiving. Might be awkward at first, but once they realize that you're not crazy for bringing them, they're going to thank you. They will thank you for bringing Built Bars. It's going to become the new family tradition. There's new surprises all month, limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. They're having a Black Friday sale. Mark your calendar. It's going to be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Right from the faceoff, Red Wings control. Conwall to Zetterberg. He scores! Game over! Game seven! Here we come! All right, Scotty. Last segment here for our Monday episode. Uh, before we get to that, just want to plug our socials real quick. You can find me on Twitter at BrianFisher971. You can find Scotty on twi- Twitter at at Bentley Scotty. Also, our Instagram. I finally got access to that this week. Our Instagram is back, and I'm going to be posting on it regularly whenever our new episodes go up, and if we ever have a special guest on, which, you know, we'll try and get some on here soon for you guys. Some more we had scouting on last week, I believe. That was a great episode on Lucas Raymond. Um, but, yeah, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. We're, all on, we're on all those. Um, but, yeah, Scotty. This article that NHL.com uh, posted this past week about Jeff Blashill's use of analytics, advanced analytics, uh, it was by Nicholas J. Kotsunika. Um, and it talked about how Blashill tracks scoring chances more than shots in general and how a scoring chance ne- isn't necessarily correlated to an individual player or whether or not the puck ended up on net, but the, well, the chance it created for them to score, whether or not they capitalized on it to the fullest potential or not. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was uh, – it's a fascinating read for starters. You should definitely go read it because, you know, uh, and anytime you get to kind of peek behind the curtain and get the the reasoning for, like, coaching decisions is always fascinating to me. Um, but I – what's what was crazy to me or the most intriguing thing for me to read was the – Blaschel is such a line mixer and matcher, like like to an extreme. You know what I mean? Like all like mid game even. Like he 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 doesn't care. Like <laughs> he doesn't ten minutes, care. Ten minutes left in the second, he's he's redoing lines on the bench. You know, mid game. Like he he's so prevalent with with changing lines and mixing them up and stuff, and and really has been for the last three or four years. And so it's. It was fascinating for me to read about the, you know, different diff because it wasn't so individually based. It was more team and line based. So hearing the logic behind all of the the, it, it kind of makes sense to me. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It 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 backs up his you know craziness with with mixing up lines and stuff because if he thinks a certain combo is going to generate the most opportunities 
then that's the one he's going to go with. And and he'll mix and match stuff in the middle of the game to see how it works out. And then he'll he'll crunch the numbers or somebody else will crunch the numbers for him. And he'll look at the numbers after the game and figure it out if, if this random line he just created in uh, in the middle of a game is, is creating opportunities or not. And then if they do, then they might see more of that going forward. And if they don't, then you won't. Like it's It was very fascinating to me to read. Yeah, and so they had hired a third-party firm to watch the game as it goes on and keep track of scoring chances as a team, not as an individual player. But And they also calculated if a team created scoring chance. So if you created a two-on-one opportunity and you missed the net, or if there was a breakaway and you missed the net, they still calculate that as a scoring chance even though you missed the net because you had the opportunity to make something happen there. Whereas if you had an opportunity but a defenseman blocked it, they don't count that as a scoring chance. Or if you took a, you know, like a bad angle shot, that doesn't count as a scoring chance because it was, you know, poor percentage angle. So I think it was interesting that, and he also said in the article too that he uses this during intermissions to kind of bring the team back down to earth. And so I, I had mixed feelings on that aspect of it because he said that if a team, that the team's winning but they're being out, outchanced, as he put it, he'll tell them like, hey, we can't win if we continue to play like this. And I feel like that, I understand that this, I mean, obviously he's the NHL coach, I'm not. But if your team is riding high and they're winning, and you're like, hey guys, you still suck, nothing sucks more than being a player and hearing that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're winning, but we su- still suck. But on the same right. hand, he did say like, oh, well, um, when they're losing, sometimes you know, I can look at it and be like, you guys are outchancing them, keep doing what you're doing, and we will win. Like you're doing all the right things. We've just been unlucky. So I, it's it's double sides of the coin. I I in the end, he's just trying to give them the reality of the situation and make sure that they're prepared for the next period, which I can appreciate. Um, and this is just he said that this is just like one of the things that they do because it's you said a look by, a peek behind the curtain, not their whole like the whole way they're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was never gonna. You know what I mean? You're not. Oh no, <laughs> you're I, not gonna get the. I wish we could, but, but it makes sense we did. I know, <laughs> I know. Me too. You're not, they they obviously weren't gonna give the full rundown, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it it was it was also cool just to see the, the, you know, like the top line is like the one line that's kind of been together for a minute and like has, has comfortably been there all season. Yeah. Um. And and then even going back like previous seasons, like Burton and Larkin always being together and and kind of seeing that, OK, like that's now it's not just oh that looks good or oh those are our two best players. Like clearly that is something that's been backed up by this this system and these numbers that he runs and and seeing the the top six really as a whole uh ha, has been a lot more kind of set in stone than than the bottom six is just a complete carousel at this point um and and then you know like when when we call people up like when valeno gets a call up or, or when uh when giovanni smith isn't isn't scratched like and figuring out where to work him in like it's 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 just really fascinating stuff i i thought it was a fantastic read no, it really was, and it, it like you said, in the end, it's about that peek behind the curtain. And one one last thing he did talk about too is like, um, they also take into account the goalie's reaction time, to if it was a quality scoring chance. You know, how long did the goalie have to set up? How far out of the net did he come? Like, how did he play it? Because if they they said like, if it's a quality scoring chance, the goalie's gonna be basically caught off guard. He's not gonna be able to do anything. 
But if it's a two-on-one and the goalie's able to get over in time and set up perfectly, means you didn't create a quality scoring chance. So it's just a really interesting article. And I think, you know, you know, Blaschel, people are very hot and cold on. You know, when this team started out hot, they were like, oh, Iserman, genius for extending him. And then once they cooled off again, you're starting to hear the cries to fire him again. But it's interesting to see, like, these are the reasons why these people have NHL jobs. Because this is stuff that the average Joe, I feel like, doesn't necessarily think about. You know, we look at the hard statistics like, oh, shots, and that's why these guys should be together. Or like, oh, this guy has all the great um, statistics, so he should be with the guy with all the other great statistics. Like, but Blaschel's thinking about chemistry when he's mixing and matching in the lines. And he's thinking about, like, these advanced metrics to try and help him out. So, like, that's something that kind of, it does impress me to an extent. I mean, obviously, the team has been on a four-game losing streak, so I'm not going to give him too much credit right now. But, like, it's very interesting to get that peek behind the curtain, I guess, is what I'm trying to say for the third or fourth time. <laughs> right. No, and, like, that is the point of the article, and it yeah. is fascinating to, to read it. But, um, no, it, you're absolutely right, though. I mean, going – learning that there's – there's not learning. I mean, we all, we all knew that there was more to it than just, you know, the, the box score stats. Um, but – I, I guess it's kind of like comforting in a weird way. Is that the right word to know that like they're they're the reason that they're mixing and trying different things is because they're trying to to create the most opportunities, even if it's not resulting in goals. Yeah. Like that is the attempt every time they take the ice. Like that's and you know that sounds fairly obvious, but but they they have a lot of numbers and stats that they're using to to try and get um, to to maximize that potential in every single line and, and going through the article does a great job job breaking down uh, everything that comes with that too. And it's, it's, it really is an awesome, an awesome, awesome read. Yeah, it definitely was. And I do recommend you guys go to NHL.com and read this article uh, from Nicholas Katsunika. Make sure I get that right. Um, Scotty, any final thoughts? Um, Detroit versus everybody, baby. Hell yeah. In every single sport right now. You got those yes, haters sir. on the Carlos Correa thing, too. Everyone's saying it's not going to happen. There's a freaking Passan is always out there trying to cold, pour cold walk, uh, water on all of us. Like, oh, Correa is not going to go. Detroit doesn't want to spend it. No, dude, shut up. Let us dream. <laughs> Let me have this, man. Let For me God's have... sakes, I don't want reality. I want Correa. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly anyways guys make sure you guys stop by locked on bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs locked on bets hosted by your boy q with expert analysis and insight from lee sterling scotty we uh we were accomplished in mentioning all four of detroit's major sports teams in this episode that's a record for us we're like that we are like that we're like that. we want to get some michigan and michigan state talk in here too before we sign off Rivalry week, baby. Let's go. Michigan, OSU. Ohio, rivalry week. It, the Big Ten regular season championship is on the line. Yes, sir. A trip to Indy. And Michigan is going to get absolutely destroyed. Anyways. Uh, oh, say- <laughs> yes. Sadly, yes. But, uh, hey, hey, what did, what did we just say? I don't want reality. I want. I don't want reality right now. OSU lost to Michigan. Yes, that's what I want. What I, want. I, I want, want that in Korea. I don't want reality. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back with you tomorrow on Tuesday. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. Hell yeah. Go 
Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.